commissioned cock. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. <laughs> and this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the entrepreneurial equerry. Uh, so, gentlemen, how are we? How is everyone? Uh, Al, what have you been up to? Um, just work. <laughs> cool. <laughs> but literally, work like I've barely slept this week. Um, so they, they they sacked a lot of people at my work a while back, um, but didn't co- consider that uh, the impact on capacity. Um, yeah. in the studio so it's just getting worse and worse and worse and a lot of my clients um don't work to the financial year they work to the calendar year yeah so basically it's like you need to get all the budget in before christmas and the new year or they won't get it next year yeah or there's a weird combination of they run on the calendar they run on the financial year but they work on the calendar year yeah. So even if they don't need it, they need the work finished by. So it's a fucking nightmare. So basically, all these <clears throat> clients are coming out of the woodwork like at the last minute, um, and the studio is just saying yes to everything, literally regardless of oh. how how many people work there, and they can't we can't take anyone else on because they've made a lot of people redundant. So you can't yeah. by law hire new people if you've made the role redundant. Yeah. Oh so I've, ju- I've just been working. <laughs> like 24 hours a day <laughs> and and weekends so yeah um that's it but to keep myself sane in the meantime i've been really enjoying doing the little um, advent calendars every day yes they've been yeah, those things are so great so, i'm really really enjoying those because i get to see them kind of before i go to sleep because you're up, <laughs> you're up early enough to post them and i'm up late enough to see them so the time shift a tactician in me would be like hey, what's the best time to kind of release these and it's just like i just want to get them out because i'm excited because yeah. it's fun <laughs> and it's like well because they're because they're on a day basis i, I want to make the most of them like yeah. if you leave it to later in the day and then put them out it's like well yeah that's yesterday's. That's rubbish. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Eat yesterday's chocolate. It doesn't taste as nice. Yeah. So without giving anything away, is number thirteen what I think it is? Uh, not. It is. It is a movie that shares the name of a Marvel movie, a Marvel series. No. It's not. No. <laughs> oh man. I mean, I know what the intro was. I could have sworn they did that in the Avengers, the British Avengers. Oh, I think no, I know with you. Uma Thurman and Ray Fiennes. Yeah, but and no. Oscar De Winter, <laughs> Sean Connery himself. <laughs> All right. Anyway, anyway, I was off the mark. I was um, off the mark. Yeah, I'm just enjoying them doing it. What, what's really nice is I'm learning like new sort of techniques every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because each one's a different one. So um, I'm just digging into all like the because I've got the um, I used to have the Adobe Suite from work. But my work computer is really shit, and you're not allowed to update anything at work because of the whole yeah. infrastructure and IT and stuff. And you can't update Mac OS, which means a lot of things don't work. So I just bit the bullet and got the Adobe Suite for myself at home. Nice. And then basically it's like, right, because I built that shit up cool uh, PC. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fucking hell, I'm just going to make the most of this. So I got pretty much every program that adobe do yeah um from like character animator to animate which is the new version of like flash um yeah obviously like after effects and just finding out what you can do with them all so 
whether it's animating in Photoshop, which sounds really weird, but it's actually a really handy tool, animating in um, Animate, which is like frame-by-frame frame animation, like old-school, like um, yeah. onion skin animation, um, through to After Effects and then Premiere and just seeing what, what the capabilities are on like a, a short time frame yeah. and a low-budget low like time-wise. Yeah. What what you can knock out. Um, and I'm just, I'm just having fun really seeing what the limitations are. That's awesome. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm, also, I'm also having fun with people going like, I have no idea what any of these are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, they're not meant. They're not meant to be obscure. I'm not doing like weird like Korean indie house <laughs> films. Like every one of these is a fucking blockbuster film. Yeah, and, and you know, and almost and... almost every single one of them I've had to Google the quote because otherwise I've got a fucking clue. So then I, knew, I knew that would be the case, and I was then deliberately, I was deliberately trying to make the 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 the, the quotes esoteric and obscure yeah. because then it wouldn't be easy to just yeah like like even the the um the 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 one with the safe hmm. like even if you get the name off the safe and search that that company doesn't like has one model of safe they don't yeah. even have a website or anything so like, you can't <laughs> you can't even google search it so it's deliberately but isn't that isn't that a deleted scene as well yes it is no no that's <laughs> in the film it, it is really okay but uh, yeah no I, I i've loved it and it's it's frustrating the fact that Every morning, I have to Google a fucking obscure quote to figure <laughs> out what the fuck you're talking about. So I'll, I'll throw another clue as well in the mix. So every number of what day it is, there's a clue there as well. So with the um, the James Bond one, that doesn't make it any easier. Al. It's, a, it's a reference. That's another to thing to figure quote out from the film, and also the typeface. Of the number is relative yeah. to the to the movie as well, so it's all oh my god hinting at trying to get you to understand high that. level design <laughs> codery. <clears throat> fuck you, dick. But I've, I've I've had to throw in a couple of easy ones just because fucking everyone. I think everyone was kind of getting a bit. I think you're I upsetting think... Janie most of all. Well, so. she's never seen a film, so <laughs> never going to get a film quiz. Never mind alternative Christmas. The point is that they're alternative Christmas films. I'm not yeah, doing right. like fucking. Santa Claus the movie. <laughs> what Tim Allen Santa Claus? Yes, or the John Lithgow one. Uh, yeah, Santa yeah. Claus the movie. It's a great film. Um, cool. Uh, well, not work. cool. Just works. Work. Works work and Instagram. Yeah, uh, but the the playing around with the Adobe Suite sounds fun. Um, yeah, uh, Brett. What about you? What have you been up to? Well, uh, we finished up things for the most part with Mike. I told you guys about that project uh, last week. Um, so I got to spend the last few days doing a bit of catch up, uh, be it around Maker Ranch and also uh, going over and finishing a couple other aspects of the sculpture display project. Um, I got the larger of the two ammonites that I had uh, I got that one completed and I was I was well happy with how that turned out. I realized today that uh, although I dropped a few pieces off with John yesterday, I did not take a photo or at least a good photo or <laughs> any video of the other two projects I did. Um, I didn't really want to do videos. Um, one, because the, the larger Ammonite was a bit redundant, even though I like how it turned out uh, more so than the first one. 
I think that's just based on scale. I just liked it because yeah. it was bigger. Um, I didn't do a video of it just because it's, you guys know, it, it adds three times the amount of work time, yeah. you know, start to finish. And then there's, uh, he has lots of these more slab-like fossil situations where they are, they're basically um, ocean floor, right? And then they carve out a bit of it and it comes out as a slab and everything that's settled on the surface there, like starfish and trilobites yeah. and all the little things. And he has beautiful, beautiful slabs. Everything from, you know, maybe a, a I don't know, half a meter by half a meter all the way up to, I don't know, quite heavy and quite large. They're, they're <laughs> fucking gigantic and I can't move them without feeling like they're going to crush me. Yeah, so they're big. So the idea uh, that I presented to him yesterday is um, if you can picture a, a plate trivet or maybe not a trivet, but like a, a display stand for a plate. Your, your grandma or your mom probably has one of these. Yeah. It's just a tripod. So I try to do a variation of that to make it a little bit more uh, ornate and a little bit more uh, organic and, and play off of the subject matter of whatever the slate is. And I may show some of that off as, as I work on some bigger pieces just because I think it's kind of fun. But um. I got it to where I can effectively scale up that concept, which is really nice. So the larger the piece, I just need to make a larger version of the stand that I presented to him yesterday. Uh, he was well happy with what I brought out there, even though it was not near as much as I wanted to give him as first round goes. But we've been long overdue for just a catch up and a general um, kind of exchanging of ideas. But uh, the biggest thing to come out of the week is my my meeting uh, and my little day adventure yesterday with John because he has a space on this uh, facility where, where his business operates out of. He wanted to get into blacksmithing and a few years ago he started to set up a little shack shed lean-to thing with a yeah. bunch of forge gear. And, you know, the guy's done well enough in his life. He he got, you know, a few different hammers and he's got one from this guy and one from that guy and a, and a decent sized forge and a good anvil. Um, along with a few other talks that I've been having recently between the Maker Ranch folks and, and just some other kind of like business associates that I like to wrap with. I think my idea going forward, at least for a short stint of time, is going to be to pivot pretty hard on the whole overextending myself producing YouTube as often as I have, like I really try and stick to this two week thing. It kills me because you put all this work in and nothing really comes out of it. And I, I could look at that from the perspective of, you know, I'm putting all this time and effort into these videos and I don't, I don't really see a return other than the people's appreciation, which I love. Yeah. Um, but as far as business goes and just draining myself of time, I have opportunities to work with Mike uh, because, like I said last week, he's got kind of more work than he can handle right now. Uh, Ben's got a lot of really good projects that I'd love to help him work on. He's th thrown a couple of ideas that he wants me to try and attack as well. I really want to give the cabin as much energy and time as I can while I'm still wrapping up on uh, paperwork and 
permits and stuff. And I just feel like I've got too many things going on. And my worst habit that I've, I've, it's been a problem for years and years is I just spread myself too thin Hmm. and everything gets 25% energy. You know, it's like, I can balance all these things, but you're never really able to give one thing total focus and energy. Yeah. And so I, it's not like I'm going to stop making YouTube videos, but I think what I'm going to do when I say this pivot thing is like, I'm just going to allow a project to take as long as it takes. Um, ideally, you know, two to three weeks would be great if I could knock something out, but I'm, I've been killing myself trying to work on these other things for commissions for John and then, you know, work with Ben and work with Mike and then try and shove a video out some kind of fun, unique little video. It's it's just killing me to try and do all of that and then edit the video and then maintain good energy. And, you know, I want to help more with the, the podcast, if we can kind of evolve upwards, Al, we talked in the pre-show about some, some things that we can do. I want to give more opportunities to the things that I really care about and I want to give them kind of the due process. And I, I feel like I've been undervaluing a little bit of the the fossil project opportunity. I, I want to dive into that way more full on. And so I bring up the shack shed idea that the guys got because I think that's I think we've deemed it ship shop west because it's even <laughs> further west than the current ship shop. And what I'll probably do is start going out there periodically and working on site so that I don't have to transport the bigger yeah. pieces because like some of these things are just hundreds of pounds <laughs> and I'm not going to throw those in the truck, try and work with them in the little shop, you know, reload them and whatnot. Uh, that being said, there is a power hammer on that property. As of a month or two ago, it is a 50 pound little giant in absolutely mint condition that John got when he was getting into blacksmithing. And the idea is that if I can get this little setup sorted out, which is about the same size as my current ship shop, that I'll have kind of two places to to jump back and forth between and really put yourself in that focus mode because you're like if i'm traveling two and a half hours to be here it's time to work yeah and i think it'll focus me better i think i'll be able to produce some cool stuff kind of on site because he just has bigger machines and all this stuff that they use for his excavation and drilling welders and torches and this hammer that has just been sitting in alaska for like five years and is now just on his property yeah. Um, I think there's a ton of opportunity with it. And I think I've been kind of undervaluing it. I've just like, I got reinvigorated walking through everything yesterday. I already knew this was kind of the game plan when I talked to him, but just walking through the shipping containers again, I'm going like, Oh my God, like who gets an opportunity like this? <laughs> I, I don't know how I'm not just like putting all of my time and effort into this. It is yeah. an amazing opportunity for, for a really unique series of commissions John wants to help with, uh, you know, kind of putting my work out there to the people that he is in the collector realm with, you know, the, these people that collect these old fossils and relics. It's, I've been completely, I don't know, my focus has been wrong up till now. Yeah. So I bring up the pivot thing just because I, it's not in a bad way. I haven't been upset by anything. I just think I need to do a better job of focusing 
and with a with kind of an outstanding commission like this and something that I'm really passionate about, these deep sea creatures from days way long past, um, I feel like I could really put all my time and energy into those. And then, uh, you know, as far as needing to continue just paying bills and keeping up with the Joneses, I would do <clears throat> work between Mike and Ben, which I also enjoy, but is more, you know, just kind of the day-to-day, -day, get yeah. your hands dirty, do the work. Nice. So that's me. It's I haven't been up to a lot this week aside from just thinking and and yeah. trying to regain perspective. It sounds like it was a a productive think though. It sounds like it's good that you've managed to kind of sit back and kind of take a look and go actually maybe I need to focus more on the the things that actually are, are doing stuff and and that rather than kind of like you say spreading yourself too thin and and not really being able to do anything properly. Um, yeah, well, it's it's not like YouTube is, it's not like I hate YouTube and I, I still would love for things to be going well over there. But you guys know this, that the amount of time and effort that gets put into producing these things to not really see anything come out of it, whether it's monetarily or just like, you know, Steve, the making the blacksmith's knife or any of the forge videos. It's just like, I just wish those were kind of law in the world of people watching <laughs> blacksmith videos. I would yeah. love to see them get hundreds of thousands of views to know that they're being appreciated. Same thing with like Full Metal Owl. Like, how do you produce something like that and not just explode the viral nerd culture? Well, it's, you know, we can't have those expectations for it. But if, if I'm trying to hold myself to a schedule to produce a thing for YouTube that doesn't actually pay me any money back or anything, <laughs> then like, why am I stressing out about producing as often as i am when i feel like i'm not even doing the the videos justice and i also feel like the audience that i do have cares about what i do and i want to give them the best quality i can because yeah. i'm not pulling gigantic views and numbers so why not give them quality and stop stressing out about producing every two weeks and posting on a saturday morning because blah, it's blah, about, blah, it's blah. About intent as well though like you, you you absolutely could produce a video every two weeks if you wanted brett <clears throat> but it wouldn't be what you would set out to do. Mm. Like I did not build full metal owl with the, the intention of getting hundreds of thousand views. There's nothing to do with it. Right. I, I built that suit cause I wanted the suit cause it's fucking awesome. <laughs> 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 the fact that I filmed it was just fun and it means that I can share it with my friends. Um, but if you, if you look at channels who do have a regular release schedule, nine out of 10 of those videos are shit. Yeah. Because they're just meeting the fucking deadline, and and they're they they're just as busy as we are, and they're just that then becomes the routine, and it becomes the need, and it becomes even more pressure, and and spreading yourself even more thin because behind the scenes you're still trying to do the thing, you're still trying to do the build, you're still trying to work on relationships and stuff, and all that thing that is actually actually what we're doing, mm -hmm. as opposed to creating content for a platform for free for them <laughs> so they can make advertising money um yeah I'd, I'd just i wouldn't i wouldn't lose sleep over it dude i'd 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 know that everybody who watches your channel watches it for the reason that you make it for you know you might have the odd video where people watch it because it's a sword or a knife or something and you'll get those <laughs> you'll get those those bystanders right um, but everybody who appreciates your channel appreciate for the same reasons that you appreciate making the content for it so mm -hmm. 
you know, if if you want to prioritize the stuff, prioritize the thing that's about what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, and if if hopefully along the way you get to make some amazing stand for a guy who sells beautiful things that you have a, a passion about and you're able to film it and share that with the world, then that's a bonus. But um it shouldn't be something that that's causing like stress and kind of undue pressure. Yeah. It's yeah. it's the idea that I did not make videos for these things that I was working on and then tried to make a video amidst all of that stuff. And say, like, mm -hmm. why am I not just showing if I want to make videos, why am I not just showing what I'm working on? I want to share <laughs> yeah. what I'm doing. And for some reason my focus is like, no, 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 I can't show more of those because people have already seen this. Yeah. No, they haven't. <laughs> Every yeah. single one of these is completely new. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I mean, like, like Al said, it, at the end of the day, it's, you know, if, if you want to get those hundreds of thousands of views and do all that, then just make a just put some fucking Orbeez in a swimming pool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like just follow that formula sort of thing. But I think with the stuff that you, you make and you like the videos you produce, like you say, I, I don't think anyone's, um, anyone's going to be upset if you do it once a month rather than every other week and you produce a video that's really good and people can really enjoy rather than stressing yourself out and perhaps putting out something that's of a lesser quality than you would like it to be if that yeah. makes sense yeah and that's all you know personal perspective stuff but yeah i i appreciate it and i i hope that's kind of how this all gets received too i don't it's not like it's going to send ripples through the youtube makerspace but <laughs> i just need to do this for for myself i've just been kind of uh, drained and i wouldn't say stressed but just i'm tired of making the excuse of like i wish i had more hours in the day well you fucking don't and it's not going to yeah. change so try to get proper sleep so that you have enough energy to do the things that you want to do and yeah. hope that they kind of hope that you can find a way to Pay yourself back for the work that you're putting in. Luckily, there's yeah. there's enough opportunity for me to do that. I just need to stop worrying about the other garbage. Yeah, I mean, if there if there is a, a sense of like duty, Brett, and I know I know that you feel it, and and you will feel guilt is not the right word, but you'll feel like you're not not performing or delivering if if you're not doing the things that people have expected you to do. <clears throat> Even just sharing your plan with people can be enough sometimes. So letting people know that that is what you're doing and letting people know that you have these things going on and that you are changing your mission slightly and, and you know, re, I don't want to use a nautical analogy, but like, you know, changing direction and, and, and finding a slightly different way to where you get where you want to be. If you just bring people along with you, they're just as happy. Yeah. They'll, be, they'll be just as satisfied with that than watching you make something in your workshop because Absolutely. because they're behind your story whatever arc that story takes that's that's what they're buying into so uh, it's more just about community like even just hear, me and steve hearing that now is fucking great yeah. and exciting and interesting and intriguing and i want to know more but like in your own time you know it's like it's like jess with the the the, the poop house it's like it's gonna take a long fucking time <laughs> yeah, start pestering over for the latest poop house update. It's yeah. it's it's a mammoth of, a, of an undertaking. Um, but if if you tell people what you're doing, and 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 help them understand your your decision making, 
mm-hmm. then they'll get behind you and there won't be any like, oh, Brit- oh not heard from you in ages. <laughs> you know, that, that, that happens when there's radio silence. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. people are so used to just constant fucking stimulation all the time and always being connected and always being on. Um, so I wouldn't worry about what you are or aren't producing as a go-between. Just just tell people that story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think one of the other things that you have to remember as well is that no matter how good the uh, content is that you're putting out, if you're... <laughs> I don't want to say struggling to come up with new ideas every week, but yeah, you know, if you're if you're putting out a very similar video every, every single week or every other week, then it it loses some of its appeal. Like, and it like there's there's content makers that put videos out every week that I just I'm like, eh, okay, I'll watch the next one. Like, and I'm not that worried. <laughs> yeah. um, whereas, like, there's there's certain people that when they put a video out, like Al is a perfect example. Like, he puts a video out once every three or four months. Um, but as soon as that little notification pops up, it's like, oh fuck, I've got to go make sure I go watch that. And it's it's an exciting thing. It's like getting a surprise present as opposed to mm-hmm. just you know having the same thing every other week, sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I think that's good, and I think it's it sounds like it's going to be a positive thing for you as well, because like you say, you 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 can't you can't put more hours in the day, but you can change how you use those hours. So uh, yeah, yeah, no, good stuff, man. Yeah, but speaking of, you know, people that are balancing a million different things and also YouTubery and the Forge stuff, like, tell me about how things have been on your end. Yeah, oh, thank you very much. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it's, again, it's like, Al, it, it's all work, work, work at the moment. Um, a lot of uh, the same stuff we've just been rushing to keep up with, um with all the Christmas orders and everything, we're kind of don't say Russian. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Um, we're uh, we're finally kind of like uh, over over the the hump now, sort of thing. Like things are starting to wind down a little bit, which is nice. Um, we I've finally managed to finish the uh, film. I've got to edit one of the graphics, uh, re-export and re-upload it um, tonight. Once we finished uh, recording. Um, but that's it. Uh, mm. And whilst all that was going on, I've been struggling to record a 30 second intro for the Patreon uh, like AMA thing that me and Red did together um, to be able to upload that to uh, my Patreon. Um, so I did it Saturday, yesterday at some point um, and like quickly edited together. In fact, I think I did it Friday night. Anyway, quickly edited together, hit upload, and it it took like fucking 14 hours to upload and then failed and then uh decided to do it again today and it got to 27 percent uploading and i had to jump on here and do this so i think i'm gonna have to do the old trick of putting my phone as a wi-fi hotspot and doing it all on 4g because i live in butt fuck nowhere and we have no internet here um mm-hmm. but yeah uh Work stuff though has been really good. We so it it's been a really interesting week for it's, us. Is four G what blacksmiths use? Oh, hey! oh, oh fuck you now! I did say that earlier, but I was on mute. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, but yeah, no work work wise, it's been it's been a really uh, kind of bizarre week. Um, 
we've had a few um like me and al me and joe joe and al and me al and joe have all had uh some some good conversations over the last week um about various things about the business and about um like everyone's roles and everything and uh there's there was a few things that um uh weren't being said um and I think people were kind of building stuff up in their head because things weren't being said. Then it all came out and everyone went, oh, oh yeah, no, I, I feel like that as well. Or <laughs> I, I understand why you feel like that, but actually it's like this. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Um, well, actually. Yeah, it was it was really good. Um, and like through that, there was um, some discussions about like how we do things and, and what we're doing. Um, and uh including um like renting the workshop if we want to like, if we're doing something like for self-improvement then there's there's no charge sort of thing but if if we're going in and doing commissions or something like that then there's um there's going to be a charge uh for renting the space um but also about like um one of the projects we're working on at the moment um the the hundred acts thing there's a separate booklet being produced um, for those axes. And in the booklet, it said, um, you know, thanks to Alex Pohl for making the 100 axes. Um, and Al kind of said to, like, had to go back to him and said, I'm sorry, guys, but you're going to have to reprint all those booklets because you haven't included um, Joe, who made the vast majority of them. And, you know, he wanted to put me in. I kind of complained about the fact that he put me in because I, didn't actually do anything for this project <laughs> but um but yeah he wanted to like make sure that we were all in in and included and it was yeah it was a really really good uh week in terms of like everyone getting stuff off their chest everyone discussing things everyone just being a bit more open and honest about it um and uh and it was capped off by friday uh friday morning um the land rover was working for a change um so i managed to get into work in the Land Rover. We went out into the orchard and spent the morning chopping up um, uh, some some of the fallen trees, fallen apple trees for uh, for firewood, um, which ordinarily we'd go out, it'd be me and Joe, I'd take a, a small axe and I'd just do like the snelling, like the debranching. He'd um, chop them all up with a chainsaw and we'd just chuck them in the back of the landing and come back. But because Al had taken both jerry cans, we had no fuel for the, for the uh, chainsaw so it was me jimmy and joe with an axe each and just went out into this orchard and just hacked the shit out of a load of trees um really really good like team bonding sort of thing mm. um good fun because it, it also meant that i got to uh use the um the land rover axe uh in anger for the first time um and realize uh, like there's a couple of things I was a little bit worried about with the design of it and getting to use it properly made me go, actually, okay, this is, this is exactly what I wanted. This works how I intended it to. Um, like there are certain things that it does better. It's there's certain things it does worse, but overall, like I'm really pleased with the results. Mm -hmm. Um, which means that now after the discussion with, um, Al about renting the workshop and having used it, um, properly, it means I'm a bit more open to the idea of taking on commissions to make a few more of them because um, I've had a few people asking. Um, and yeah, it, it's commissions is a really interesting one for me because I I don't like uh, taking on a commission where someone says 
I need a thing. Can you make it just like this? I would much rather go off and make said, like someone comes comes at me with a, a vague idea of like, oh, I want an axe or I want mm-hmm. a bracket or I want a whatever. Um, rather than, well, I, I need something that's like exactly like this. It has to be this long and it has to do this and all this because that's, if unless I'm um, doing production work and we're making uh, like, repeatedly making the same thing over and over and over again i like to kind of let the metal tell me tell me where it's going to go sort of thing um or play around with designs myself and and put my input into it i don't Mm -hmm. like the idea of a commission that's um very um rigid in its uh design i like to be able to have that kind of input in the design you're still muted um you shouldn't make out of metal then clever. Man, you're you're on it today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I keep muting myself. Every time I interrupt Steve, and my favorite thing is interrupting Steve. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So I like I like to say for me, I like a commission where I'm given kind of freedom. And to be honest, I I would much rather make a thing and then put it up for sale rather than take on a commission. And I've said that right from the beginning. I, I'm I'm personally not overly comfortable with commissions because of how I work. Um, so yeah, I'm quite interested to hear your guys opinions on it because obviously how you've done a load of commission work recently yeah i think i think it's a really interesting take on it um and i'm just conscious that there's maybe a middle ground because um there's the danger that you fall into the trap of being like i'm an artist and i only produce the things that i want to produce and it's like well unless you're really really good there's no like commercial feature in that (laughs) because yeah (laughs) want to buy something that's that's just your expression you know what i mean unless, unless you are 100 percent an artist then people are buying into your your yeah. expression but it's like if you just want i want to make this ornate thing because it's what i like you're kind of alienating your your customers because it's chris yeah. cash exactly like the stuff chris cash makes um and the flip side is churning stuff out that people buy that's that's pre-ordered and pre-designed where it's yeah. like you have no opportunity to um to like you say steve let those creative juices flow and do a bit of problem solving and, and learn new techniques and stuff so yeah. i'm really interested in the bit in between where mm. someone might come to you steve with a brief and, it, and it's it's the same in with making it is is with design really like it, if someone comes to, to us at work and asks for a really specific thing and the brief is airtight yeah it's like there's not really any point of doing it like yeah. you might as well just pay a student to do this or you know get it on fucking fiverr like there's no yeah. there's absolutely no value in anyone coming into this unless you're talking about craft you know or materials so process and craft it's like well then then there's value so then it's worthwhile doing it could yeah. be a very 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 specific thing but I appreciate that you're going to make it really nicely, Steve. So if, I want this profile. I want this handle. Yeah. This finish. I've got no leeway on that. How you make it is up to you. The yeah. process that you go through is up to you. Um, the techniques and stuff, because that then it could be different, and then you could add your little personal touch. So I, I like a bit of a middle ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think that's kind of one of the things that we uh, we're quite fortunate in with with us and what we do we we get a lot of that so um we don't very often take on commissions um but when we do it's it's someone saying you know i i i want a bunker um or i want a cleaver or i want a you know 
classic European eight-inch chess knife sort of thing. And mm-hmm. and they might say, oh, I want a wooden hand or I want my carter hand or whatever. But generally, a lot of it's left up to us um, because we have that reputation where we're able to say, actually, leave it with us and, and we're designing it. Um, there are design briefs that have been a bit... Sh- more stringent i mean the the axe one that we've um that we've been doing recently that will hopefully be going live this week um uh that was basically we need a axe or we we want 100 axes um that will work for this product um and the associations with that product so that was a fairly loose brief um alex was able to kind of design it based off of a what was going to be easy to produce in those quantities and consistently but also um like meeting those um criteria but much like with uh with your, the stuff that you do out like it there's there's all this stuff that people that are commissioning something don't necessarily understand they don't you know the, these guys don't understand axe geometry and you know the shape of it and the profile and, and all of that so there's a lot of stuff that they won't necessarily think about um but then we've had people that that do know a lot more that are very like this is exactly what i want i want it in this shape so uh we we're in talks with someone about a specific type of axe that they want um like as a carving axe and um and we've done a couple of um like test ones and their initial design was like they sent us a drawing of the profile of it i'm like right this is exactly what i want i want the thing like this i want the um the edge to be on this sort of angle i want this kind of grind and yada 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 and um and we kind of did that uh and we took one look at it and went no no this is (laughs) this is shit uh and then did another version like tweaked the things that we think needed tweaking um gave him his one and he looked at it was like oh yeah this is this is really nice i like this i'm enjoying this um and then gave him the one that we tweaked. He went, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, this is so much better. This is so much nicer. And I think, like, obviously a lot of the stuff that we do, we we produce, um, we don't tend to produce that many one-offs apart from, like, the, the chef's knife stuff. Um, but even with that, we're moving more into, like, having a range of, like, these are the standard ranges. If you want anything off book, then that costs X amount more sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the stuff uh, we we go through iterations with it. Um, so we do a lot more kind of development and we develop products rather than doing one-off commissions. Um, and I think that's that's what I enjoy. I enjoy doing that that um, that refinement to a product rather than a single commission. I think that's what kind of puts me off the the idea of commissions as as a whole. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I sit... Are, are we all agreeing that the middle ground is the nice space? That's what we're always looking for. It's, it's a nice yeah. space, but I've got, I've got a couple of thoughts on how either extreme can be interesting. Okay, so I'll inject my two cents before you start. But I, I think I like sitting in the middle ground a bit. Um, but that I think that usually comes out of me developing something in the first place on my own. So if I can put together, let's say the the little fish hook thing as an example, not that those are, you know, being asked for on the regular, I just kind of make them whenever I feel like it and sometimes give them away or whatever. It is not the most unique thing that's ever existed, but I appreciate the process of making them and the challenge of maybe making them very small versus very big. Um, 
but you know, I had a guy message me maybe a month ago asking me to make two foot long or foot tall yeah. versions of the hooks. And he goes, how much would you charge for them? I replied back and then he ghosted me. <laughs> I thought the price that I gave him was very affordable um, because I, I would have liked to have done the project and, you know, any extra cash could help. So I gave him a really like low estimation of cost hmm. and he balked at it. And I know it's because it was like, that's too much for what I'm asking for. Where, where I get caught in that middle ground is developing an idea that I want to reproduce because it's something unique. So I'm playing off of both sides, right? I can produce multiple of them because I feel comfortable going into production mode, but I still like that I came up with a unique idea to begin with. Hmm. So I'm still able to to work on the, the creative process of it because maybe I've only made like one, ooh, but I really like how it turned out. Now I'll try and make 50 that look exactly like that. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm in that middle ground where I got to be creative and have my own way of approaching it because it's a project I came up with. But the idea that I'm able to reproduce it yeah. um, consistently is intriguing to me because I like knowing that I, you know, I would go in and produce like 10 of those beaks, those little pendant beaks at a time. They're not super, super difficult. They are hard to get. I would say they're hard to get correct, you yeah, know, without yeah. like bending and dinging everything up. But that was a random shape idea that came out of me making a a cat nine tails and then realizing that I wanted to make smaller versions of it. And then it became this pendant. And then I've sold a few of them, you know, not, not flying off the shelves, but to me, anytime that somebody made those, I started just doing them to order. Mm. And anytime someone would commission, one, I was like, Oh man, I mean, that's going to take me, you know, 30 minutes or so from start to finish to forge like five or six of them. And then I get to go through the finishing process and then I'll do the leather work. And, you know, you're a couple hours in at that point and you're like, these are really neat. <laughs> I wish people just wanted more of these. Yeah. So just, yeah, like the too long didn't read is I want to be able to uh, continue investing in my own creative process because I think it's what I do bring to the table is because of my art background and my drawing background, I can... I can see things in my head and I can draw them out. And then I need to be able to create those in three dimensions. If I'm forging, you know, it's even more of a challenge for me to try and figure out how things are weighted. And, yeah. you know, with the fossil displays, it's like, how do you suspend a 50 pound fossil and still make it look elegant? Because the whole idea of these little leaves are to look organic and light and airy. Yeah. But if I can reproduce though, I'm already looking at this as like, okay, he's got one that's twice that big. How difficult is it going to be for me to scale this up? Because I really love the form. Mm. But is it feasible for me to make a 200-pound stand versus the 50-pound stand that I just made? What, yeah. Like, am I even capable of doing that? <laughs> I'm looking at it from a production standpoint of, can I reproduce this thing just bigger? <laughs> I'm already running yeah. into problems because I think my creativity has limitations. So I have to be practical about it. Yeah, I mean, I think like it, it's it's an interesting thing because you you obviously came back to the, like the the idea of of doing something and then um, repeating it and and doing that uh, like fine tuning and, and doing the the production stuff and then just scaling it up or scaling it down. I mean, I 
I've made a few of the the little tiny knives um, before, like a couple of the um, the miniature blacksmith knives and the miniature chef's knives, um, and I really enjoy doing them. And I'm oh, they're so good though. They're I'm so much good. better at doing them than I am at full scale knives um, because it because that makes no sense. Yeah, <laughs> and um, but yeah, they're re they're really good fun to do, um, and I like that kind of that idea of like right setting yourself that restriction of I want to make the smallest chef's knife I can or I want to make the smallest blacksmith knife I can or whatever um and like I said earlier I I really like the the iteration process of um developing a product as opposed to a single one-off thing mm -hmm. uh, that being said I think and I, I think this is going to lead a little bit into what Al was going to talk about about like the going into the extremes um I think there's a there's something really nice about having like really really stringent criteria. I mean, we talked about it before, like setting yourself like um, these like working inside of the box. So you're thinking in or you're working inside of the box doesn't mean you can't think outside of it. But you know, you have to use this. Um, it has to be this big. It has to use this material. It has to do whatever. Um, and yes, that's um, that's much easier for a, a product where you can iterate through it. But being able or having to do that for a single commission, you either have to, you know, write into the the initial quote that, you know, yes, I'm only making or you're only paying for one, but actually I'm going to be producing six of these because I need to work through the stages. So I've got to charge you for all of it sort of thing. Um, or you just spend a lot longer in the planning stages and mm -hmm. you go through it like that. And I think there's there's something really exciting about having that really stringent criteria and just going, right, how can I make this work? What can I do to do this? Like whether that's replicating a design and you've got to figure out that you've got to reverse engineer it or whether it is just a case of someone said, you know, I need a, a filleting knife that has to be able to do this, this and this or mm -hmm. whatever. Like, yeah, finding a way to put your own stamp on something that is that tightly defined, I think is a, is a really exciting um prospect yeah I, I i love that that approach steve and, and that kind of feeds into one one of the extremes which is the 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 airtight brief like i want exactly this yeah this is a, these are the these are the specs this you know because the 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 compelling side of that argument is that somebody really knows what they're talking about yeah the the worst brief in the world is like a brief where nobody knows what they want because it's not just that that they don't know what they want when you produce it they won't know what they want either yeah mm -hmm. so the um again i always use the 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 reference of of, of jimmy's where he'd take a client for a, for a, a coffee or a drink first before starting a project yeah. and if they, couldn't, if they couldn't decide off the menu what they wanted he'd just walk away because <laughs> <laughs> if they can't make a simple five minute decision in the cafe they certainly can't make yeah. a fucking decision on a, a huge project so um <laughs> I always love that um, way of way of looking at work and clients. Yeah. Um, but the, the 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 extreme of like a really really tight commission um, is exactly what you say, Steve. It can then lead to really interesting problem solving and creative things along the way. Like how yeah. how do how the fuck do I make that? Yeah. What tools do I need to make that? What jigs do I need to set up? What molds mm -hmm. do I need to create? What files do I need to produce? And what software do I need to learn? So all the steps in between to get something that might seem very precise and expected hmm. can be really interesting. So like if, <clears throat> when, when designing stuff, like the end product might be, they want 
some piece of design that incorporates this, this, and this, and is these colors because they're the brand colors. But how we go about it and how we attack the job and and how we share the load between the team is really, really interesting and really exciting. And and those methods and ways of working to get there. Um, And it's because everything's different. If yeah. we were just producing the same shit all the time, this would this conversation would be moot. But it's it's because these commissions are one off, and we've not necessarily done something like this before. Mm-hmm. It's not like oh, I've already got one of those molds. I'll pull it out from the back. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I'll knock it out. You know, I'll knock out with a jig and some <clears throat> some die cut steel that I've already got. Like, yeah. we're obviously not talking about stuff like that. We're talking about one offs. Yeah. Um, and then the 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 other extreme, the other flip side, is really really commissioning someone for their their creativity yeah so i'm i'm often the middleman in these situations so i have client work and that client work might require a watercolor artist or a ceramicist or a typographer and those people are all like creatives they're all artists Mm. but i'm i'm in this weird position where i need a specific thing for my client yeah. So it starts with the brief being, I want you to express yourself because you're creative. So as the commissioner, yeah, um, it's actually a, a, a linear thing over time. So the start of the process is how creative can you be? I'm going to choose you based on your creativity. The reason I've picked you and commissioned you is because I love your work and I love your style. And I love your approach. And I love your aesthetic. As we go on, I'm going to want specific things, and and as we get closer to the end product, then I'm going to be then it's the the brief is going to become watertight. Yeah. So it actually evolves over time. It evolves from the commissionee being as creative as they want, inspiring everyone, getting the client excited. So I, you know, I'm 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 in the process of directing it, but then it's my job to then sell it into the client and go look at this fucking amazing talent that we can use. Yeah. But then it's like. But it needs to be this. It needs to be small. It needs to fit in this square. It needs to be. It needs to be blue, right? So, I, I like the, the the two extremes as well. Yeah. Although I I would argue that what you've just described there is far more um, middle ground than the extreme of do whatever the fuck you want because you know you are going to be putting. It might not be. You might not contact them with a a list of criteria, but that list of criteria develops over time. Um, I think the kind of the other end of the extreme is when someone says, uh, like goes to to Brett, for example, and says, I want you to make me a tool <laughs> that I can use in the workshop. And that's it. That's that's all they say. And Brett goes, OK, right. Well, well I, re- I really want to make this uh, this fancy hammer. So I'm going to go off. And I'm going to do this. And I'm going to make everything else and you know, put loads of work into it, carve into the handle and make it all like really nice and make it really functional. And then they turn around and go, oh, I was hoping you were going to make a screwdriver. Like, and, and that's what I mean. Like, that's what I don't like about the... Well, that, that's, that's the danger with, with people who don't appreciate the yeah. process or don't appreciate the end product. But on the flip side of that, and you, you're exactly right, but what I love is the reverse flow of, of, yes. of inspiration. Yeah. You went to Brett and, and said, I want a tool. And Brett turns around and he, he, he creates this weird Scandinavian ads that's been unseen yeah. for, for generations. And he's like, oh, I've discovered this. It's really handy to use. It's great for making bowls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that can then actually inform the process upstream. Yeah. So 
an analogy for you, Steve, is like coming to coming to Al want some like cool kitchenware, and I'll create something that's like a different take on a a, a, a cleaver or a different take on a frying pan, and yeah. that can then actually form the 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 cook or the chef or the restaurant. It could it could it could eventually inform what kind of food they serve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we have this specific type of pan that we've got. We've got this amazing like paella pan, so we're going to make British paella. And all of a sudden, the the creativity is working backwards, and you're not you're not being constrained by yeah. Because the problem with a, a a constrained brief and a tight brief is because the person giving it doesn't know the potential. Yeah, you know they they might they might have really specific criteria for a reason. They might they might you know their knives might need to fit in a case, for instance. Yeah, yeah. You know, so <laughs> they might have to have specific yeah. specifications. Um, but it's more often than not, it's because they don't know. Yeah, and and you need that creative input to then go fuck me. Yeah, we can do, we can do this. Yeah. Yes, you can. <laughs> I was just about to say, I love I love the fact though that with your idea of like the the kind of loose brief getting tighter over time is that loose brief is basically right. This client needs this thing. Let's get all the right people in the room, discuss it, and then you create the brief together. And I think that's a really good way of of doing a commission is, um, and again that that. That to me is more middle ground because even if you come up with a really tight brief, if you come up with it together, then you've had input into it rather than just being told, make me an axe, make it this big, make it this weight, make it blue, paint the handle pink, carve Roy's face into the side of it, do whatever. Like <laughs> I think having having that two-way discussion the whole time and that discussion being open and that um and also having the ability for that brief to potentially change if criteria change, like you can adapt to it. Um, I think that's really important. I think that's that's a really good part of of, um, of or that's sorry, that's a really good way, and that's how commissions should work, as opposed to being here's my criteria. Don't speak to me until it's done, sort of thing. I agree with that wholeheartedly, Steve. Um, I'm trying to think about this from the perspective of. You know, we're we're talking about this as if we are the ones taking on the commissions, but uh, similar to what Al has to do in his job, when we are actually needing to commission somebody or if we have an idea to commission an artist because we want to be supportive of our fellow people. Um, you're right, Steve. It, this open discussion and, and allowing for the, the upstream, downstream stuff like Al's referring to, um, and having, I don't know, kind of a neutral approach. Like I have an idea, but I'm coming to you because I appreciate your aesthetic creativity yeah. price. I don't know, whatever you could be looking for a multitude of things when you're trying to seek out commissions, but considering, you know, there are aspects of craftsmanship that I don't have any desire to get into or, uh, you know, I come up with ideas, but I have no idea how to get them to any kind of completion. But I know enough people now through the Grams and the YouTubes that I could reach out for, you know, an electronics product or project because I know a dozen people that could do it. But if I come to them because, you know, if you shut yourself down and say, well, I'm the creative one. I'm coming to you because, yeah, we're friends or I appreciate your creativity, but I'm going to slam you with such a stringent uh, outline that I'm negating your creativity. I I bring this up as an example because I feel like it happens a lot. You get the creative person like Al 
I have dealt with a person in your position at my old jobs where I'm calling you, you know, back because you've reached out to me for a commission. And then you're like, right. So I'm the creative director of our job. I want you and your talent. You're like, great, man. What do you want? And then they just slam you into a box. And you're like, the, but the flip side of that is so important to know that this this exchange is between two creative people, but also respecting each other's creative approach or uh, the, I don't know, the portfolios you've put together. I, I'm not able to look up Al, Alex Halfpenny's portfolio, or at least not off the top of my head. I don't know a lot of the projects that you've worked on. But if I watched a handful of your YouTube videos and then reached out to you to build me a 20 foot long dining table, because I've seen you do it once before. If I come at you as the I'm more creative than you, but I don't want to do woodworking, I feel <laughs> like you're really doing both parties a disservice, but it happens often enough or I've dealt with it enough in the past where something something gets lost in the communication and like. I guess what I'm getting at is what advice do you guys offer as someone who has reached out for commissions and also received requests for commissions? How do you flip or does it change, you know, depending on which side of the, of the request you're on? I mean, it, it depends on which side of the request you're on it, but it also depends on the, the object of the commission. So there are, um there there are friends of the podcast in fact who produce work for artists so they'll produce sculptures for artists um so the artist comes to them with a very strict vision that might be a commission from someone else so yeah it gets passed on down the line and i think it's it's about defining what you want like as a as a creator as a creative it's you you have to define uh what role you want to play in that initial discussion in the the commission so for me like if someone comes to me and says um uh in fact no us is a as a business the forge so there is um uh there there are a couple of people that have come to us about creating um chef's nice ranges um whether that's something that it's a case of like they want us to manufacture them or whether it's actually just a case of they want us is the the design part of it but we had that discussion as soon as they came to us and started having like started asking questions about oh, we, we want to produce this range of knives what do you think we we kind of said right well there's he's these are the options we can produce them for x amount or we can help you design them we can uh, help you choose the right materials um the right shape the right um geometry right everything else um and we can even set you up with a company that will um produce them for you or we can give you options for these like things and act as that kind of go between um and i think that's that's something that you have to like that should be the first part of the discussion is what role you want to fulfill Ooh, i really um, like that really and really so like so like I say, for example, like we, our role changes depending on what the commission is. So the hundred axes, our role was to design and make them. Um, we had a commission uh, a little while back that was basically just, they wanted um, a product that we already make, but they wanted a slight tweak to it. Um, and they wanted 30 of them. So, okay, we make that. 
tweak and you know produce them and sell and so we're doing that and you know they're the ones that are coming up with a creative idea in terms of making this slight tweak we're just doing what they tell us um and and yeah different commissions are going to have different um criteria and different people are going to have different criteria and again i think it, it's one of those things where if someone comes to you and says um i want to commission you to make a thing then you have to have that discussion with the the client or if you go to someone and say i want to commission you to do a thing you have to be open to have that discussion because if you go with if you go to someone with a very set idea of like this is exactly what i want and i want them to do that in this way then you're you might find that they say well i'm not going to do it for you but i will act as a go-between for you know a factory that's going to produce it or whatever um so i think if you've you just have to be open to the fact that things aren't black and white and you, you you're not always going to be um be doing or things aren't always going to go exactly how you you think they're going to go so like we said earlier you've got to be open to having that discussion um because that's how you get um good results and that's how you make sure that your results end up being spiffing <laughs> Uh, have you got an order then? Uh, bizarre. Uh, bizarre. Bizarre. I'm, uh, I'm first. I am first. Uh, I'll rattle off a couple of things just to be quick about it. Uh, yes, yeah, so number one with a bullet. Michael Alm just shouted it out yesterday as well. But the Shinto wood rasp, get it. So <laughs> Shinto wood rasp. Can probably explain that we're not doing spiffings, that we're doing shoppings. Uh, so because we uh, normally shout out uh, great people, and because we've been, and because it's it's the run up to Christmas, we thought rather than uh, shouting out specific people, um, we would shout out some great products or some great ideas for your last minute Christmas shopping. Um, so yes. Back to you, Brett, with the Shinto Rasp. All right. I feel like we should edit out the first and like put this in properly. But anyway, Shinto Wood Rasp, I think, is just a great shop tool. It's super affordable. Um, yeah, Michael Alm just put it in some like every shop needs these posts yesterday. Uh, and from there... I have become more of a fan of the Ryobi situation since being out here. And I don't know if anybody else is aware or getting the newsletter emails like I am, but um, the Ryobi one plus stuff is about to come out. Like their new line is going to be coming out very, very shortly. And like, if you go on the website, it's 175 tools. Take this one kind of battery. So you a have, new, a new have, platform. No, 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 no. I mean, they reuse every battery that you've had up until now, right? Ryobi has never switched their batteries, yeah. so you can reuse it in any new tools that you get. But if anybody's ever wanted like a leaf blower randomly, well, if you have Ryobi batteries, you can buy the leaf blower and it works, you know, or fucking hedge trimmers and the just insane amount of stuff that their R&D department comes out with. I still think they most they make the most affordable and uh, 
good quality glue gun, hot glue gun for the price, best bang for the buck. Um, and I'm just, I'm becoming more of a fan of the tools the more I use them. They're coming out with a new circular saw that just looks great. Their new angle grinders look even better. I don't know, all that kind of stuff. Ryobi is affordable and way better than I ever gave it credit for in the past. Uh, aside from that, I would say Audible. It just yeah. for anybody that's in the shops or for anybody that's in the workshops or just looking for something maybe non-material because I, I feel like, at least from my perspective, I don't really need more stuff. I operate very minimally. I like it that way. I, I don't like having a lot of material possessions. Audible is such a good gift to give or if people are asking something that they can get you and you don't really want stuff example my family <laughs> uh audible credits like, yeah give me a book i don't even you know you might want the physical book but audiobooks have just been such a savior over the last couple of years i'm really starting to fall in love with the platform and i'm starting to follow certain narrators based on how well they did reading this book. I don't care what they read. I just want to listen to them read it. Yeah. Um, I think Audible is a great non-material. I think people should read or at least listen to people reading more. I think it helps. For me, conversationally, I feel like my vocabulary is growing just by being exposed to more uh, high-level vocabulary or at least higher-level thinking and having somebody <laughs> smarter than me say it to me. So... Audible would be the the third. I, yeah. I really think more people should just do that. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good shout. And to be fair, like subscription services in general are, <laughs> to be fair, are a really good shout. Um, like just say to someone, you know what, I didn't know what to get you, so here's a year's subscription to Disney Plus or to Audible or to Netflix or to Skillshare, whatever. Like yeah. any of the things. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I think that's a it's a really good idea because it's uh, collectively it's quite a lot of money, but it, you're not paying a huge amount every month, um, and it's a really nice thing that they can kind of um, they can keep going throughout the year. So you know they they'll keep that subscription up or whatever, um, mm -hmm. and it then means that the next year, if you want, you can you can like cheap out and do the same thing again and go, oh, I've got you the same thing again. And you know they're they're happy because they're you're still using it or whatever. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, no, I think that's a, a great idea. Uh, the idea that I definitely had and wasn't at all our suggestion uh, when we were talking about it just now um, is the idea of getting getting someone their own typeface, like commission a typeface for someone. How fucking cool is that? That's <laughs> like. That's fucking ace. Um, like I'm, I'm not. I have no idea how you will go about even doing that, but I think that's a fucking awesome idea. Um, Fiverr, yeah. But there's uh, got to be somebody on Fiverr that would do that. <laughs> but um, no, I, I think like doing something like that is a really nice uh, thing. Or like commissioning or getting credits for a designer or something like that. If if yeah. someone has their own brand or their own thing like putting a bit of money towards them getting help developing that can make a huge difference i mean the the three of us are all quite fortunate in that we've all got quite good um logos but you know i i happen to have a friend who's a very good designer you guys happen to be able to do it yourselves like it's we were very fortunate in that but a lot of people really struggle to get a 
a um a good logo or brand image or or anything like that so i think yeah if you can commission or at least put some money towards something like that that's it's a really nice way of uh showing not just um like here's some money or here's a a drill for your workshop because i know you like making stuff in your workshop it's it's showing that you you you're invested in them their their brand and their success so i think that's a a really a nice way of doing it um yeah what a good motivator too yeah like, oh you you believe in me thank you yeah exactly i also should believe in myself um and yeah other than that i think the the other good thing that i think is always worth doing is um getting people uh classes so if you can if you can buy someone a, a a voucher for a class in their local area um then for whatever it is it doesn't even have to be something that they're particularly interested in um yeah they, you're always gonna if if someone's creative and they enjoy making stuff they're always going to enjoy learning new things so yeah i think classes are always a good shout as well um al what about you and um, yeah you've you've both pretty much said the things um in terms of that balance between um ma material things commissioning material objects like how many chefs knives do i need um versus the the kind of the intellectual property which i think can be much more valuable down the line so yeah um, commissioning someone to create a likeness for you or commissioning someone to do a photo shoot for you or to teach you something or to edit something for you um that time and knowledge is obviously what goes into making things but if you can gift that as well it's kind of without the clutter so i think anything that's along the lines of um learning or enlightening so like you say steve um a, a month's pass to the stan winston school so you can learn how to build your very own xenomorph puppet or something mm. <laughs> um yeah. and, and it it's open-ended enough that if you hated it and it was wank you don't need to continue yeah it, like it and it opened up an avenue then it's like fucking hell now i can learn so many different things so mm -hmm. yeah the 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 christmas gift of of thought and of of knowledge and of inspiration um but i i also i do like the the, the idea of like um capturing someone so someone who's like an illustrator might interpret a family pet differently so you can get a really interesting unique illustration of uh murphy a uh, murphy or you know <laughs> a loved one or something like that or and, and it's the same with photographers like um i'm not talking about yeah. your, your bog standard wedding photographer but <laughs> you get someone who, who's a portrait photographer who can then really capture someone in, in an interesting way like we got the um the the, the tin plate i wanted yes. to make essential by tilo nas yeah uh, fucking hell you know like talking about sort of seeing seeing your friends in a completely different light literally and figuratively <laughs> um i think is, is is priceless and it is the kind of thing that if you do want to spend money on someone you should be heading down those avenues so we'll yeah. we'll, we'll put a an extensive list i think in the shouts um to be non-specific but yeah anything anything where you're gifting kind of um someone's passion and creativity mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah good shout um Cool. Right. Uh, any other business? Anything else? No? Oh, Just weird mouth. Cool. Uh, all right. 
In which case, if you want to find us, you can find us in all of the usual social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Metalworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. And you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. Sad people. Um, uh, I really enjoyed this week's episode. It was really good. Um, if you want to find us as a collective, uh, Fools with Tools, it's the, the name of the show. Just put it into Google. We're there. Um, yes, uh, that's it. We love you all. Uh, we will see you in the next one. Bye! Bye.